I was like, oh, we're, we're going to play three at the back. This is definitely going to happen. You're like, oh, this is not going to happen. You would have said, said, you said, you would have said, you said, oh, would we'll, we'll three at the back suit us? In fairness, I would have said, well, Kenny's never played three at the back. It will never, never, never happen. OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Let's move on to the hurling this weekend. I'm delighted to say Tommy Walters with us. Tommy, good morning to you. How are you? Yeah, good morning, lads. Uh, I, I'm always... Uh, I think we, we kind of... Uh, in the, the build-up last year to the game between Cork and I think it was Limerick, we were like, oh, this is going to be really interesting to see exactly where Cork are. And then Cork put out a bit of a shadow team and I've always thought that it was a terrible, terrible mistake last season because it never gave them an opportunity to see in the full throat at that stage of the season where they were versus the best team in the country. There's been no false teams from Cork at any stage over the course of the league. They're going full bore for this. And I presume it's going to be the same this weekend, that there's just this sense of this team wanting to win everything now. Yeah, because you can't beat habits and good habits and winning habits. They're so important when it comes to the crunch time, Jer. When the game is in the melting pot with maybe five minutes to go and you're a pint up or a pint down, that's when you really need to have experience of being there and done that. So you start putting out shadow teams, Jer. I don't care if it's a you know a water crystal or a Welsh Cup or an early a challenge match. If you're going out and you're only half heart in any game, that could happen to you then at any stage uh, for the for, for the next year. Alex Ferguson always said it like if you did it once, you can do it again. And the opposite uh, is also so true. If you can put out a full team in a crunch game and cut, you know, like say last week against Kilkenny, Kilkenny got off out of the starter blocks. They were on fire, playing a lovely brand of hurling. They were scoring goals. The Kilkenny crowd was buzzing. And they stuck with him and stuck with him. And as we had 10 minutes to go in crunch time, Cork came good. And it's them kind of games stand here, Ger, uh, when it comes to championship. The only time that it affects you, as you said, if you power a dummy team, so when you do lose, say with 10 minutes to go, if you start falling away, you can start laying on the excuse oh so we didn't power a full team we didn't really want to win it but when you go to win it and happen to do it well that gives you the great experience that you can bring forward into the crunch times in championship and like they're going out against Waterford this weekend they'll be putting out like we've seen last weekend they took off Patrick Horgan I've never seen that before so they do mean business and they are preparing for championship I think mentally as much as physically and how important would it be for this group to win something um, well I think very important for them to try and win it, that you're not going out half-heartedly. I, I think they've, they will gain huge confidence from last weekend against Kilkenny. They always know a Brian Cody team, they will never lay down. They'll never power a dummy team. Uh, every match is an all-earned final to that team. So a win over them in a league semi-final is worth its weight in gold. I don't think it's hugely crucial because, uh, you know, some of these lads, they have under-21 All-Irelands, they have Munster finals, uh, you know, more the older guys, they, they have Munster championships. So I don't think a title as such is hugely important to them. But I think if they could, you know, win it, it'll give them huge confidence maybe down the road if they do happen to beat Watford or happen to meet uh, Cork. I think it's more important, to be honest, Ger, that Watford get a title. Okay. I think this, this team has lost a lot of finals. Well, before um, before we get into yeah. Waterford in too, many, too much detail, because this is kind of our last opportunity to talk properly about Kilkenny for a while before the, the championship starts. We said last time you were on that we'd learn a lot more from them over the next couple of weeks, um, the, the last couple of big games they had. And you'd have to say the signs are very positive, but it's probably a fairly accurate reflection of where they are at the moment. They're just that little bit behind the best teams in the country. Is that fair? 
Yeah, that's fair. I think the top three in the country are Water, Cork and Limerick. There's no doubt about that. The start of the year, we thought Limerick were out on their own. They went through, you know, a bit of a, a patch where things weren't going so well for them. But the, the two pretenders to the throne, Cork and Watford, who have been producing it during the last couple of years and have been producing underage, they've been coming firing on all cylinders and definitely are up there just with Limerick, I would even say at this stage. Just underneath then, you have the rest. And Kilkenny are probably, in my opinion, probably top of the rest. Um, but what's so exciting from a Kilkenny point of view is the brand of hurling they're playing. Listen, we all love the game, the old way. Get the ball up, every forward wins, you know, wins his own ball. But the game has changed so much, and it's because of your competition. You're now not just playing against six-backs. Sometimes you could be playing against seven or eight. So just lumping the ball forward and trying to win your own ball, it's, just, it's not as easy anymore. It's grand if the other team goes 15 on 15, but most teams don't. Like, say, last weekend now, you have Mellerick kind of... You know, he's covering, we'll say, the centre forward. Say last weekend it was Park. He was covering him at times. So you're probably not getting the free pass out and over the bar. Um, the centre back, Mark Coleman, then can go back sweeping. But it's not a sweeper as such. It's just that he's playing kind of a, you know, a Roy Keane type of midfielder. Like you're always back helping your defenders. And um, that's what Mellerick, I think he's after adding huge uh, to that Cork team. So, yeah, Kilkenny, I think where they've learned is in the first half, Jerry, we saw they played a beautiful brand of hurling up through the lines at times, long at times, just varying it around. Towards the thought in the second half, when it really came down to it, it was pass back to Murphy and launch it up. So I'd say, you know, if they, they go back and analyse that match, uh, where it was won and lost or where they produced the scores, we'll say, versus where it kind of fell apart as such for them. And I would say it was definitely with the way they probably went more long in the second half. And listen, there is definitely a place for that long ball, but only if it's to advantage your team. You're not just driving it up kind of with, with your eyes closed. And I definitely thought in the second half, a lot of balls went back to Murphy. And even if they do go short, Jer, it's much harder to build an attack from the goal um, because so much can, you know, a, a pass just maybe half a, an, half a yard to the right or to the left, it's gone from you. It's, 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 it's much more difficult to do but if you're building from the half back line so instead of turning back you turn forward and take three or four steps lay it off with a 20 yard pass much easier to do that or drive it into the corner you'll have your vision your, your head will be up and you might see a run from Billy Ryan or Mossy Keown or TJ hopefully when he's back so I would like to see more of Hurling like they did in the first half than the second and so are you concerned that they went away from that under pressure is that a sign that they don't fully believe what they're doing or is that just natural because it's only betting in? What's, the, what's your instinct about that? Yeah, from playing myself, so hard to change a style overnight. So I think it, 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 it's, it's not that they don't believe in it. I'd say it's just when it came to it, possibly they might have lost. You know, there was a couple of ones that went out around midfield, maybe Keane Kenny and a few of them where they lost it. And maybe they say, right, let's start going long again, you know, the safe option, as opposed to maybe, listen, we lost that one, but we'll win the next one. So I think it's just, you, you made a great point there, bedding it in, like, that's what this is all about. So I think this could actually benefit us more, that they have the experience now of, right, lads, when it came to it, when we lost a couple of the short ones, we just started going long all the time. And as I said, there's no harm in going long, but just not all the time and when it's not the best option. So I think they'll go back and look at that and they'll work on training the next couple of weeks. That, right, lads, a couple of these could go, you know, could go wrong around the midfield and could go back over the bar. But let's stick to it. It has worked for us and we have to do it because this is what the top teams are doing and this is how we're going to win in All-Ireland. So I think, they, you know the way they say you learn more in defeat than you do in, in, in victory. I don't always believe in that. But in this instance, I would, as regards, 
you learn more by seeing how the long ball broke down as opposed to what was working for you. And and I, I'm not instigating that you go short all the time at all. Um, geez, you know, a ball into the square is, is brilliant at times too. Um, it's just that you don't go all one way or the other. Do you think sometimes Cody gets a bit of a, a hard rap when it comes to conversations around innovation within hurling? Like he's been getting a lot of credit over the last little while because, I mean, there, there's this idea out there that, that he's kind of moving with the times finally. But God, I, I wonder over the last couple of years, has he actually shown that innovation anyway? They just haven't been winning All-Irelands. Like if you take the, the 2019 All-Ireland semi-final and, and getting the job done over that great Limerick team. I mean, I, I wonder, do we, do we sometimes quickly forget some of those great moments from Kilkenny down through the last couple of years? They just haven't had the players to get over the line in an All-Ireland final. Yeah, I agree with John. Um, like, if you go back and look at the All Ireland champions over the last couple of years, like, like people, people tend to, you know, what's popular, what's new, what's different. People love jumping on that bandwagon. But like, if you're in the Brian Cody camp, like, who has won the All Ireland since Kilkenny? 2016, Tipperary, very much, you know, movement, plenty of different, plenty of movement. You know, Callan was kind of left inside in his own two-man full forward line, but definitely, you know, a lot of long ball. 17. Um, Galway won it again the same thing big physical team uh, forward line we're doing a lot of rotating a lot of moving canning Niall Bork and the lads uh, we played them in 2012 first time I seen you scored they moved on to a new position and um, you didn't know kind of who you were marking a lot of the time you just had to pick up the nearest man to you you know asking questions of, of the defenders so 2017 Galway win long ball 2018 Limerick win you know they weren't playing the game they're playing at the moment 19 Tipperary win again with long ball uh, then you have obviously Limerick kind of took over then after that so like has as the other style of hurling you know made teams be champions no you know Limerick yes but Limerick have a brilliant team I'd say they'd win it anyway they play it but um, but so go back to Cody and innovation like from my experience of playing with him we changed our style uh, in 06 to, to, to play that Cork team with a running game we changed our style in 010 uh, after winning four All-Irelands Tipperary you know the, the, the you know the turn was over in the All-Irelands 2010 with different types of movement Damon O'Shea like put a lot of time into showing the guys how to move and we had to get our heads around that he innovated there and you know he's innovated again now at the moment and um, you know so listen he, he does deserve credit that like I always said Brian Cody was never black and white Brian Cody's probably greatest skill was his common sense he was able to treat players differently uh, three teams differently and um, you know very much a common sense approach to hurling and he's definitely shown he's brought lads in with him you know Mickey Comfort one of the top strength and conditioning guys in the country uh, I've experienced with Mickey myself just absolutely top class guy very good at you know the spirit of the camp as well um, brought in Connor Phelan now with plenty of experience there and you know he's won county finals in Carlow he's won Fitzgibbon Cups this guy is with Kilkenny Camogie, plenty of experience as well. So yes, uh, I would say sometimes um, it's not just black and white. Like um, he, he's not just um, coaching teams. Like let's get the ball in. Like he, he will change things up. He did also manage the transition from one of the greatest teams of all time uh, and keep the team competitive every year to the point where they were nicking some Leinster titles and beating that Limerick team. And, you know, it's it, we'll never know what life would have been like if he'd stepped away whenever you guys all stepped away. But at the same time, you know, he didn't have that great cast of players to call on and they have still been competitive. Yeah, and like you look at Manchester United after... Um, 
say after Alex Ferguson left to change around a load of managers has that changed um, you look at Arsenal my team the Gunners back from the days of Ian right 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 um, like they got rid of Wenger like how long were they trying to get rid of Wenger and um, you know it's only starting to come right there now uh, you know under Arteta they're starting to show maybe some potential there you look at Bill Belichick over in the Patriots like uh, they said he was the greatest manager of all time suddenly Brady was gone you know the quarterback of the, the greatest football player you know in my opinion that you know listen I don't have much experience with American football but I think he, he deserves to be the greatest footballer I'd say of all time maybe Jerry Rice might be up there with him but like you know it's not all just black and white get rid of the manager suddenly yeah. everything changes so let, let, yeah I think he deserves huge credit let's talk a little bit about Waterford and what they've done because um, again like the decision on uh, Liam Cahill's point to stay was this like uh, we just all assumed in the off season that the temporary job was going to be his and he was going to go and that was just it because that was what we had assumed for a number of years but actually you know, his decision to stay now makes perfect sense in retrospect. That is a group of players who are completely wedded to his style and who are hurling for him and he seems like an absolutely brilliant, brilliant manager. So, uh, of all of the stories that we would like to see in sport, the Mayo footballers overcoming their hoodoo, but Waterford winning an All-Ireland this stage will kick hurling into like the stratosphere, I think, just because this Limerick team are so good and they're going to be around for the next couple of years. But if Waterford could get over the line, what a rivalry that would be over the next couple of years. That's why that's why we're genuinely excited about it and kind of hoping that we don't get let down again yeah and like from a water, Waterford perspective these players like forget about Waterford the county but these particular players they have experienced Gerald winning they've won minor All-Irelands they've won 21 All-Irelands they've won Fitzgibbons um, and now look at Bally Gunner I think Bally Gunner should be the template for this you know the Waterford as a county try get beaten try get beaten 7, 10, 15, 20 years stay going stay going up the standards, try new things. Suddenly then, this year, uh, like, they're about to play St. Thomas's. And, um, you know, I'd say they probably would have preferred to play St. Thomas's in the All-Ireland final, Bally Gunner, because, you know, they would have no, you know, St. Thomas's were just, you know, a small club in Galway, beat a, a very successful, but maybe they wouldn't have had the same fear they would have Bally Gunner than Bally Hale. Bally, Gunner, Bally Hale never lose club All-Irelands. So you to get them in the All-Ireland final, you're thinking maybe before the final, you, you know, our luck is out again. We're playing the greatest club team, hurling team maybe of all time. And to go out, they're getting beaten. Um, you know, things look like they were after coming back into it after Dizzy Hutchison's goal. Suddenly then Owen Reid comes on, who scored so many important goals for Bally Hale over the years. He puts the ball in the back of the net. And, you know, even Shane Sullivan, has so much respect for him after that final. And, and also Lee from college. He died in the Wool Valley Gunner man. Loves hurling, loves the game, and he went down to control the ball, and it went under his hurl, and Henri put the ball in the net, and I'd looking at it on as a noose, like you know, you know, damn, you're saying like you'd hate for that to happen to a player or a team in a final. They come back then and and, and scored a, a goal with the last puck of the game. Shane Sullivan after that went on had a glorious last couple of minutes. You know, mentally very very strong. So this is the template for Watford that you stay going. If it doesn't happen this year, go again next year a minute. So, Jerry, I think the whole, if, as long as they're not beating your team, I think the whole country would <laughs> yeah. love to see Watford in it all early. Oh, yeah. Spoken to somebody very close to that border down there going, well, if, if they, we just avoid them. If they beat everybody else but us, that would be fine. Uh, how good are they? Yeah, no, they're excellent. They're building a huge panel. Um, like you see them last weekend, 
uh, against Wexford. Like Wexford were coming and coming, and they were in the tough uh, division of the league this year. And um, you know, got to the league semi final on credit. I think they haven't been beaten. I think this year that Wexford team, and um, like Stephen Bennett is out injured. I don't know what's wrong with Stephen Bennett. Um, like he was lighting up the league for for the whole of the league, and he's after missing the last couple of matches. I thought they were maybe just resting him there in the last round of the league, but against Kilkenny, but he missed again there the weekend. So you'd be hoping that there just maybe it might be just small little niggle that he'd be right for either this weekend or our championship in two weeks' time. And they're missing Jamie Barron. Uh, Prunty wasn't playing again the weekend, so they're building a huge panel here, Jaron. That's I think the most important thing for them. The championship is gone now where you win a match and you have three or four weeks off. You win a Munster final, you have four or five weeks off. Now you need everyone because you're playing week to week. And um, they're building a huge panel. They're building uh, confidence. I think, the, as I said, the Ballygunner thing, I think, will give them huge confidence. A lot of them players, they got over the line when, when time was at its toughest. So, yeah, they're good. Uh, why are they now suddenly potential uh, champions, Chair? You need forwards, right? Listen, they say defence wins championships, forwards win games, but any team that wins an All-Ireland they have a marquee forward or the marquee forwards and Dave will say Stephen Bennett they have Shane Bennett they have Ozzy Gleeson but they have the star of the show the, 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 the man that came back from across the water um, you don't go over to the Premier League um, you know if you're only an ordinary talent you have to be the elite of the elite you're talking about the Premier League is not just a, a, an English league or a British league this is the, probably the best league in the world and he was over there nearly making it and came home because the, the attraction of the game back here brought him back we're after seeing what he's done with Bally Gunner and we're seeing what he's doing with Watford so he is the star forward that go back to the All-Ireland final again ball came in they're under pressure caught, he's used to the ball out in front here caught a ball uh, between him and his marker buried it um, you know the last couple of weeks he's been scoring very very important goals he could have scored probably three last weekend so he is the elite of the elite and himself along with the other guy one man will not win a, win a championship they've tied the work at centre back so like the, in the key positions right up along the field they've, they've stars like um, you go back to the Tipperary team that won it was very successful at three All-Irelands at Callanan Paddy Mar, you know stars um, go back to the Limerick team at the moment they have stars the, the, the Galway team that go over the line 17 the Canning Dahi Burke you know Gerard. so stars you do need stars surrounded by a brilliant panel and um, you know I think that that's that's what gives everyone hope I say within Watford um, that they have a panel but they have stars within that panel and maybe trying to figure out how to win a big game without Austin Gleeson may actually not be the worst thing in the world this weekend yeah, well, I, I think you're only a number um, on that. Like, you're there as part of the panel. And uh, just because he's gone, someone else steps in. And that's what the great teams, that's their their mindset, that's their personalities. Um, like, um, la, you know, they're missing Stephen Bennett, they're missing Barron. Like I say, at the start of the season, would you say Le- Watford would be in a league final or, you know, being probably top of people, you know, in the top three of people's, you know, predictions to win a championship without Stephen Bennett, um, without Jamie Barron, Prunty, and all these lads. I'd say you wouldn't. You know, Parga Matney's only coming back. I suppose the Bally Gunner lads are only coming back recently. So you'd say no. Um, so I think Austin Gleeson's out. Someone else comes in, and, and on we go. You know, so I was disappointed to see Austin Gleeson getting sent off last weekend. You know, and it is, you know, I know lads will say, you know, I shouldn't have, but like, did anyone show him being shoved into the fence? 
like you know and they're showing the camera angles there after the game like you know they're showing about 50 or 60 no not 50 or 60 but they're showing you know five or six times the, the replays and replays of Aston Gleeson you know uh, just barely tipping back the hurl I know listen it could have been dangerous and uh, not condone that for, for, for a second but it's a little a little tip I thought and but listen right I'm not saying like the red cards are red cards in the modern game that's the way it's gone but did that even show that the camera angles of him being shoved into the fence no and I thought you know let's be fair about it okay so there should be a consequence for provoking the foul and there should be a consequence for the foul as well and I totally understand that if you if you were if you're having a chat with him this week in training everything is cold everybody is calm what are you saying to him I was just saying to him the game has changed you know um See, like we've all grown up, the game has only really changed in the last couple of years with this kind of thing, Jar. Like, when we grew up, and Austin Gleeson the same, like, you know, he's 25 or 26 now. So he's playing Hurling since he was probably 12, you know, it's a competitive Hurling since he's probably 10, I'd say. So you're talking about 16 years ago. Um, you know, going back to the, to, to, to the early 2000s. The mindset back then was you look after yourself. If a lad comes up digging, yeah you know or shoving you around look after yourself don't be going over to me looking for help don't be going to your umpires don't be going to the referee that's kind of softness you know look after yourself I'm just saying this is the old mindset the way it was when all these players were growing up and you can't just change that overnight so you be trying to educate them and just show them right Austin this game has changed right yes it might not look good that you're going over to the referee telling them did you see that or going over to the umpire um, but that's just what you have to do now. This is the way, because everyone, like if RT aren't at the game, TJ Carroll are at the game. If they're not at the game, some sort of, you know, internet, uh, you know, live stream will be at the game. So camera angles are going to pick up that. And you can't look after yourself anymore. The game has changed. So I'd be just, be more educating them than, than giving, them, giving them a scolding. Because, you know, like Liam Cal grew up in, like Tipperary Hurland, tough from Ballingarry like you know that's tough hurling this is the way we were brought up but it it has changed regards just looking after yourself you know and um, so that's what I'd be saying to Dawson uh, during the week that listen let's change this around now like DJ Carey I remember DJ had a great one now DJ never will say looked after himself DJ said toughness take the belts and punish him on the score scoreboard and he was dead right he was dead right that is the real toughness and um, but I remember we were playing a team one, one time and um, we were talking about that the, 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 we're playing a tough team and you know the, do we look after ourselves or you know do we maybe go to the referee or what you know that what was the thing do you punish him on the scoreline so DJ stood on there and he said um, no lads we'll punish him on the scoreline no fighting fire with fire he said I was marking a, one, a lad one day he said and, and he was digging me all the game and I said, DJ, no, calm now, we'll punish him on the scoreboard. Next while he said, came in, I buried it, he said. And I said, and I finished his career. Well, he never played for that county again. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell you the county or the name. I know who they are, but I wouldn't insult him there or that like that. But I thought, we still talk about to this day, like, it was one of the glorious saints before a big game that I've ever <laughs> witnessed. And, like, DJ, though, I, you know, I wasn't as mentally, I will say, tough. Regards, if a lad hit me, he'd be kind of, you know, getting back, kind of. But DJ was the toughest of the toughest. You hit DJ, he'd never hit you back. Next time you got the ball, he'd block you. He'd take it off you. He'd bury the ball in the back of the net. And Brian Cody, that was always his mindset to us. And that's what he always said to, to his teams going out. That's the real toughness. 
take the belts and, and, and get on with it. So I think, you know, that's what you'd be yeah. trying to maybe have that conversation with Austin during the week, you know. What would you have done if you were shoved into a fence? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> How long would the suspension have been? <laughs> well, listen, I've often presented medals around the country. You know, I can't do it. I'm very busy, but I have from time to time. And nearly the first thing a lot of all was 80, we gritting his teeth, shaking around to, if I was marking you, he said. <laughs> and you know what he do with you. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I listen. I think you know yourself what I would have done back. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to win? Give us a prediction. It sounds like you're leaning Waterford. No, Cork. <laughs> All we talk. <laughs> no, I think. I think. No, I, I think this. I think it's going to be a fantastic battle. I think it's going to be a battle of speed. Cork of unbelievable speed. I think you know down in Parky Creeve, it was huge. You know, I say. They you know, number Kenny's borders, you know, probably, I don't know, is there 16,000 added, probably 10 or 12 or 13,000, probably Cork. Cork are behind this team. They sense there's, there's something coming down the line. They like the players. So there's going to be a huge buzz in Turles this weekend. And I think that's the way they're playing. They're playing with that Razzmatazz, that Cork team. And they're up against Was Cal Bravo Wofford, a mental toughness, a toughness that they're never bet. And, um, so I think it'll be a huge, I think, battle, both mentally and I think it'll be speed versus Watford playing up the lines and trying to get into a few moments of genius from the likes of Desi and Shane Bennett and maybe if Stephen Bennett is playing. So I think just the way it's going at the moment, I think Cork are primed for it. And um, I think it, it could be Cork's uh, time to win, yeah. All right, we were talking in the football about it potential trilogy between Kerry and Mayo this is the start of a potential trilogy between these two over the course of the rest of the season as well and I for one am fully signed up for it Tommy good stuff that was great thanks yeah. a million thanks a million good luck bye bye great bye. stuff there from Tommy Walsh uh, helping to whet your appetite ahead of the weekend hurling that game is live on TG Gar on Saturday evening with a 7.15 throw in Cork versus Waterford the Division 2A final is Down versus Westmeath Derry Sligo is Division 2B Toronto Armagh is the 3A final and for Matt Longford is the 3B final OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.